Welcome to Two Dudes, One Movie Podcast. The podcast where two dudes dive into cinematic masterpieces from a different decade each week. From black and white classics to modern day blockbusters, we'll be covering it all. This season, we've been focusing on psychological thrillers. And for our final episode, we're taking a look back at all the movies of the season. From Invasion of the Body Snatchers to Nightmare Alley. This is Two Dudes, One Movie Podcast, the post-credit review show. Rick, we did it. For a successful first season, I would just like to give a little toast, raise a glass. Are we successful, Park? Are we already successful? You know, if you believe it, you achieve it. If there's anything all of you listeners out there should take from this season, that is probably not it. But... If you believe it, achieve it. There you go, Rick. This is just an excuse for us to drink a little bit. That's all we want. What are you dining on right now, Park? What's your beverage? Rick, this is actually Chardonnay. This is some Chardonnay in a champagne flute with a light sprinkle of sparkling water to give it some uh, bubbles to make it look like it's champagne. I didn't know you could drink wine. Rick, because of your wedding, because of your wedding and the Chardonnay there, i become a Chardonnay man. Well, Park, I got a tequila water, so sparkling water, though. There you go. Two great choices. No champagne problems here. To sip on for a celebration. A a podbration, as one might even say. A podbration. Oh, Park, we made it. We did. I can't believe this. This is the 10th episode. No, Rick, this is the 11th episode. This is the, we did 10 movies. This is the 11th episode. Oh, man. It's been a long season, Park. It has been a long season. So long that you forgot how to count. Just watched way too many movies, Park. I just lost that ability. Had no math. Rick, well, it's been a really fun season. We've had a lot of great memories. Just off the bat, I wanted to ask you, do you have any favorite moments from this past season? Park, when I saw this question in our notes, I had two things that came to my mind. Kevin Bacon, just because, I mean, he's always on my mind, so that has nothing to do with him showing up in the season. And drinking problems. I wrote that down. A lot of drinking going on through these 10 movies, Park. Well, so many of our movies focused on trauma, and a beautiful thing that goes hand-in-hand with trauma is alcohol. Beautiful thing. It can be abused, though, but I guess beautiful things can be abused. (laughs) It's it's true, Rick. That was very insightful. That was was very insightful. Rick, I I gotta really hone in. I really loved your connection of PBR being to bad people and frat boys. That is... Something that will stick with me probably for the rest of my life. Now that I think of it again, I'm not going to shy away from it. I'm going to lean in, Park. PBR, no reason to drink it. Nothing at all. There's even better tasteless beers than PBR. Like, there's better watery beers. There's even cheaper watery beers, Park. Rick, the first beer that I actually enjoyed drinking when I started drinking beer was PBR. Really? I think mine, I think mine was a Bud Light. <laughs> the first one. Oh, man. We were really connoisseurs back then, weren't we? Well, I actually, when I turned 21, I came back from class. I was in college, you know, 21 years old. Not, not a frat. Got to make that clear, Park. Of course. I'm not a frat. Went to the liquor store, and I was like, wow, I don't know what to drink. You know what I chose, Park? What'd you choose, Rick? I got one six-pack of Mike's Hard Lemonade, and I got a six-pack of Not Your Dad's Root Beer. <laughs> you know, I think I remember that in our fridge. 
I think the, I think the dad's root beer lasted a long time because no one wanted to drink that. At least I didn't. <laughs> but then after that, I was like, wow, I should probably have real alcohol that, you know, actual people drink. So then we went to a Bud Light. It really upgraded there, Rick. I, I think I did. I think PBR is lower than a not your, not your father's root beer. I think that's the lowest you can go in terms of, like, the alcohol spectrum. That's fair, but it's cheap. You know, looking back, I don't I don't remember what I my like first drink was, but I do remember my twenty first birthday. And it was this big thing where everyone's like, Let's go downtown to like a fancy restaurant and we'll get some drinks and stuff and I set up an event for it and invited people out and then I was like, I don't even want to go here to eat. So I scrapped the whole thing and we went to Cracker Barrel instead and it was the best 21st birthday a man could ask for. They didn't even serve alcohol at that time, Park. I know they didn't serve alcohol, but Rick, they served chicken fried chicken with mashed potatoes, mac and cheese, and green beans and that's all you need. Is that better than alcohol, Park? Rick, of course. There's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing like it. I've never left a Cracker Barrel not satisfied and content. I have left a bar not satisfied and content, though. I guess that's fair. I don't know. I feel like you just walk into a Cracker Barrel and you're just like... Is this, kind of, is this place kind of racist? I don't know. Gosh. I guess it's the same feeling a lot of people have with Chick-fil-A, too. That was that could offend a lot of people. Well, Park, do you have any favorite moments? <laughs> well, Rick, besides those hot takes you just had right there, um, you know, I, I was thinking back to the, just the entirety of our podcast, and one of my favorite conversations that we had this past season was during our Psycho podcast when we went on our tangent about wet t-shirts and not letting anybody sneak up on us to psycho us in our showers. I feel like that was the that was the first real banter park we've had. Rick, we were just we were just trying to figure ourselves out. We were trying to understand how we were to converse with one another and not sound awkward and not sound weird. I don't and even I mean just in our friendship. I think that's the real first like natural conversation we've ever had. Oh, totally, yeah. We've been friends for over a decade. I don't know how long it's been. Has to be over is it over a decade? Has to be. Uh, yeah, we'll just say, we'll say that. We've at least known each other for over a decade. And all of our conversations have been scripted. (laughs) Every single one. (laughs) Someone writes notes down for both of us before. Uh, Rick, it's like ice cream on the balcony, but always. (laughs) Nobody's going to get that reference, but if you Google ice cream on the balcony, you might. This is our 11th episode. Rick. I mean, by by now, everyone's going to know this reference. (laughs) That's a good point. That's a good point. They've already Googled us. They've, they've seen it all. They've seen it all. Maybe one season we'll, uh, we'll review the episodes of Ice Cream on the Balcony. Park, how do you feel about artificial intelligence? Sorry, I did, threw a curveball. Rick, I am actually terrified of artificial intelligence <laughs> and all of the things it's going to take over. But I will say in 2023, they make some fantastic scripts. That, my friend, was one of my favorite moments and parts of this season. When you came, that first, that first episode, uh, Don't Look Now, with that AI-generated script, I had a blast. That was hilarious. We, I had so much fun with that. That hands down has to be one of my favorite parts and moments of the season was doing those AI scripts. The one for Don't Look Now absolutely killed me. All of them were so funny to the point that I feel like I it was hard for us to get to read them because we were like crying. Yeah. We were Don't Look them. Now and Seven when uh, when John Doe is Willy Wonka both really slapped hard. Well, Park, do you think that uh, these AI-generated scripts, do you think that Hollywood would use them so there would be no more writer strikes? 
Well, Rick, that's part of the reason the writers are on the strike right now is um, <laughs> because of <laughs> because of the potential of these AIs. I don't think uh, it can happen right now, um, as you can tell by the quality of the scripts that we were reading. But in another five years or so, I think um, the technology will advance to such a place that those writers' jobs will seriously be in jeopardy. And so they're trying to make those safeguards now to protect their future. Sure. AI is coming. Rick, it is. Rick, I got to ask you one question, though. What are your thoughts on Laura Dern? She's just, she's such a Laura Dern part. I got to, I got to agree with you, Rick. There's just nothing else you can say. She's, like, the movie she is in, always the best character, right? Yeah. Rick, when we did that quiz, which Laura Dern are you, character are you, which one did you get? Did we get the same thing? We got the same one. We got the... Uh, marriage Story attorney. Was she, she was the attorney? Yeah, she was the attorney yeah. in Marriage Story. She was Scarlett Johansson's attorney. She's such a wicked character in that movie. I know, that's like her least like nice probably person she's ever played. I know. <laughs> and we both got... What does that say about us, Rick? I don't know. I'm also like skeptical. I feel like... I feel like a quiz, especially like that one, I wonder if everyone just gets that character. Like, they want, it wants to make you feel that you're a bad person. Rick, that would be diabolical, but that would also, like, be kind of brilliant. Put people in their place. But also, Park, is the, would you say the worst version of Laura Dern is the best version of yourself? No. I don't think (laughs) the best version of myself is even the worst version (laughs) of Laura Dern. She's just on another stratosphere, Rick. On another stratosphere. Laura Dern. I guess, yeah, you're drinking. Well, cheers. Cheers to Lord Dern. Cheers to Dern. Park, I think we have one more point we got to hit from our favorite moments. Rick, what, what is it? Boston. Oh, my gosh. Rick, there, there's not a better place on the planet. <laughs> there's yeah. not a better place on the planet. I can't think of a place I would rather be than on a Boston street corner sitting outside a Dunkin' Donuts across from Ben Affleck. Talking Cigarettes shop. all over the ground. Cigarettes all over the ground, Rick. Have you seen the recent, I saw the other day, uh, there's a video of Ben Affleck with, uh, is it J-Lo? Is he dating J-Lo? Yeah, I think, he's, I think he's married to J-Lo now. Is he married to J-Lo? There's yeah. a video of them, have you seen the video that's circulating? No, but I think I saw a reference to it, is it where okay. he like slams the door behind Yeah, he's her. like walking down the street and he looks, there's like a meme of him with like, I think like a cigarette and a Dunkin' Donuts and he looks like he just had enough of life. He literally just like brought that meme to life as he's walking to the, to the car door. J-Lo gets in, he slams the door. Man. Poor guy. He gets, like, a bad rap from, like, meme culture all the time. But I feel like Boston in general does. That's what Boston is, Park. Just a big meme? It's Dunkin' Donuts. It's street corners. It's cigarettes. It's... I think that's it. But it's a great... It's a great bad city. accents. Bad accents. Or good accents, I guess. I don't know who else... Who would say it's a good accent, but there's probably people. Bostonese. Bostonites? What's the term for someone who lives in Boston? I don't know. Let's look it up right now. I'm going to look it up. What are Boston people called? A Bostonian, Rick. Bostonian. I can't believe we... I definitely knew that. I can't believe we didn't get that. I did not know that. Cheers to that. You know, Park, what's worse than Boston? Like, I'm going to give you three... I'm going to give you two cities. I guess three including Boston. Tell me your ranking. Okay. Okay, I just Pit- any cities that are worse than Boston? Pittsburgh. So in your ranking of top three, Pittsburgh, Boston, and Cleveland. Oh, gosh. <laughs> All right, well, here, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put 
Cleveland at number three because it's in the same state as Cincinnati, which is the home of one of my favorite foods, Skyline Chili. So that is why that is at number three. Go Browns. Number two has to be Pittsburgh because it's not Boston. And number one is Boston because it's Boston. It's Boston. It's what, it's what we've been saying this whole time. If there's anything I want our listeners to take out of this podcast this season, it's it's Boston. It's Boston. Nothing it's, good or bad. Boston. It's Boston. Well, Rick, we're going to move on to the big portion of this podcast, and we're going to do a new segment, something a little different. It's called Through the Decades. So, basically, let me explain how this is going to work. We're going to spend the next few minutes talking about the movies we watched this season and just talk about the trends, the qualities, observations that we feel important enough to share and just talk it through. Reminisce, you know, about psychological thrillers. About I'm going to let you start this off and jump into it. Biggest thing I noticed is when looking at the earlier movies probably just anything at that age it doesn't want to leave the person scared so it doesn't want to leave the audience scared it has to have a happy ending um i really want to compare that so like you get it from body i'm going to specifically go to body snatchers psycho i guess isn't necessarily a happy ending but it kind of is because he's i guess he's kind of locked up still a little unsettling but i'll go specifically to body snatchers i thought the movie was supposed to end definitely a little darker we talked about that during that during that episode um, and then the directors was pretty much like, oh, we don't want people to, we don't want to leave people scared. Everything needs to be happy. Um, so then they obviously twisted the ending a little bit. I like, and if you compare that specifically to uh, Seven, I think about, and there was like issue, there was issues, but there was debates in that movie that they didn't want to show the final scene of the, or they they didn't show her head in the box. But they alluded obviously her head was in the box. They didn't want to, they didn't, they didn't want that to be in the box. Yeah. But obviously the old Finchie uh, fought for it. No, I totally agree with you. I think it's so fascinating to watch these movies and to see how wrapped up in a bow and how they try and give these movies somewhat of an uplifting ending or, you know, the hero wins at the end. But each decade it got darker and grittier and, like, more unsettling of of a of an ending and there's such a drastic shift i thought from our 60s movie of psycho to our 70s movie of don't look now where you just feel that dread and things just got darker and dirtier from there think about it don't look now to blue velvet and the intensity of that movie and then moving even farther you have seven and fight club which are incredibly dark movies incredibly dark tone wise that show a bunch of disturbing imagery within them. And each, each decade, it just got a little bit worse. And then when I thought we got to the 2000s, it took a step back again. It kind of, Mystic River brought it down. And it never got quite back to the point where the 90s were in, its dark, in the dark tone. Nonetheless, it, it was a drastic change of tone throughout the course of the decades. I love so many of these movies are playing into like natural fears. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's so smart. I think it's so smart for movies to do that. 
because it's something that like the second the audience like realizes like kind of what's happening it's like fears that they probably like already experienced or like whatever mass hysteria or something that's going on so they immediately connect to it and that's like immediately what you want to do with your audience is you want them to connect to your movie mm-hmm. so i just feel like we've seen i mean we see things in all of these movies to a degree like we have an invasion of the body snatchers and there's like a lot of like mass hysteria there was just the time that the time period that was psycho way of closing your eyes in the shower of course I feel like those are only two ones off of my head. I just think that's such a smart thing to do. Even, like, you look at uh, The Invisible Man. I mean, it's still this feeling, this, like, fear of, like, being watched and, like, someone's watching me. Totally agree with you. Fear of Boston. Sorry. Well, that movie. <laughs> How could you forget that? Forget <laughs> that, Rick. That was the biggest one. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, and, and just to add on to that, I, I want to talk about our favorite word of the season, trauma. That really is the word of the season, the word of the genre. We, if there was anything that had a through line throughout the course of all these movies, um, was trauma characters had to deal with or overcome or was the catalyst for the movie. And it was depicted in very different ways, different types of trauma of, you know, relational domestic violence and abuse and the invisible man to pedophilia and you know and such in mystic river to ptsd in your favorite movie uh you were never really here uh but just a variety of (laughs) sorry rick but a variety of different types of trauma but nonetheless trauma was such a constant constant through line throughout the season definitely i mean i think that's the biggest one i think that's what makes a psychological thriller right like it's it's how it's just how you can easily get into the head of like the characters so i think trauma like that trauma and fear that like i guess that aspect is huge for like countless and countless and countless of psychological thrillers or just thrillers in general honestly yeah and i mean you you look at um just what we as a society view as people with psychological disabilities we always and maybe this might be because of the films and the depictions of uh these type of peoples through pop culture and through media but we always think about you know people having traumatic experiences causing some sort of psychological problem you know and those things seem to go hand in hand and it's interesting i i think it'll and i think in some ways the media and the films that we watch and we've watched have created and diverted that narrative, which not might not necessarily be entirely true. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think... I don't even want to just give trauma to psychological thrillers. I think you even look at all the movies that like you can possibly watch, and there's a good chance that there's going to be some connection to trauma... Honestly, like, Star Wars and Marvel movies are just about daddy issues if you connect it all down to the end. Yeah. So it's like, I think that, I don't know, it was interesting. I like this was our first genre, um, because I think it's, that's where it plays on trauma and, like, hysteria and just all these different things the most. Mm Mm-hmm. Park, it's time for the rankings. It's time for the awards. Maybe we give awards, maybe we just give a top ten list. This is what we've been waiting for, Park. 
Rick, this is what I've been waiting on the edge of my seat for all season. I just wanted to, I wanted to say, screw these movies. Let's just make a list. Let's make a ranking list. I'm just going to say both of our number 10 right now. Um, I know it's, I'm doing what we didn't do and what we, was not written in the notes. But this is the movie, the only movie that got a unanimous pass. The absolute worst movie you can ever see. Like, I, I really think it's the, most, the biggest waste of time, Park. <laughs> Rick, I can, only, I can only wonder what movie this is. You were never really here. I, it hurts me to say, it, it sucks so much that it hurts me to say the title of the movie. Rick, what, what was it that makes you despise this movie more than anything else in this world? I just don't think there's just nothing good in it. No redeeming end. qualities. No redeeming qualities. There's no reason to ever watch that movie. Rick, what? Some would argue that it's a brilliant depiction of PTSD and trauma on on screen. Absolutely not, Pork. <laughs> this is like I just just I looked up in the dictionary, saw the word trauma and PTSD. Um, PTSD is not a word, but you know what I mean. I said, hey, look, these are what these words mean. And I talked to a, a seven-year-old, right? It's like, hey, this is what PTSD is. This is what trauma is. And then he just, the seven-year-old types up a big old script. I think that'd be the movie. All right, Rick. <laughs> well, well uh, I, of course, also passed on this movie, but I don't feel quite as strongly as you do uh, about it. I will be absolutely shocked if we find a movie better than or worse than this as this uh, this podcast. Rick, we got on. a lot of movies ahead of us. I'm sure we have so many movies ahead of us. So many movies ahead of us. But Rick, you just spoiled our number ten for each of us. But why don't you keep on going? What is your nine through five on your list? Okay, Park. So I'm gonna go. Nine is Blue Velvet. So I did. I recommended this, um, but I was right on that line of recommender pass. But either way. I don't know why I'm talking about it. Park eight is Mystic River. Seven, don't look now. And six is the Invisible Man. And five is Nightmare Alley. Mm. Rick, those were a good nine through five right there. It's a great nine through five park. Let's see how. Let's compare ours. What is yours? Mine's a little different, similar in ways. Um, My number nine is also Blue Velvet. I just think a few of the incredibly graphic scenes is what drops this film lower on the list don't look now kind of abstract in ways um, just didn't mesh with it as well as i would have liked but it had a great ai generated script in our podcast number seven i i can't deny with you that mystic river would fit well on an fx channel still really enjoyed the film but it, it does feel like an fx movie Number six, I have The Invisible Man, which felt weird to put at number six because I felt like it was a fairly strong movie. But when you start looking at the rest of this list, it just couldn't compete. Yeah, we're, we're similar right there. That's six. Yeah. And uh, number five, I have Psycho. Um, obviously a classic, but it didn't resonate with me as strongly as some of the other films on this list. And so um, because of that... I have it at number five. Let's give your four and your three. All right. Number four on my list is, and this 
kind of hurts me to do this because I feel like it's so low and I really loved watching this movie for the first time. Uh, our first movie of the season, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Just so tight, so well done, so well paced. Um, a real joy to watch. And if you haven't seen that, obviously highly recommend it. Um, and then my number three is my recommended movie of the season, the movie from last week's podcast, Nightmare Alley. Just something so spectacular about that. The script is so well written. It's such a, a tight story. The character development is phenomenal. Um, Guillermo del Toro just really nailed it out, uh, knocked it out of the park. Love Guillermo. Probably one of the one of the best directors we got right now. What a man. He's a good one. So part of my four and three. So four, I got seven. Um, I love seven. It was my pick, of course. I, watching it for probably the third or fourth time, maybe there was, like, some fatigue. I just, I don't know. There's there's movies that were better. You know, it's great. Four is a great ranking. But Yeah. And then three, we got Psycho. I think Psycho is an absolute masterpiece. I, personally, I didn't think there was an abs- there was a way for me to make it like any lower than three there's there like you can you can probably argue with enough people that psycho out of this list would be their one um easily yeah for sure so yeah couldn't lower that apart let's give let's talk about our twos love number two best time of the day rick my number two is none other than a david fincher movie which one though because my last two are both david fincher movies oh the suspense I'm going with Fight Club on this one. So Fight Club is my number two. Um, I am a huge David Fincher fan. I love his movies, his TV show, Mindhunter. Um, just his whole, all of what he does with serial killers, it's just really fascinating to me. Um, and Fight Club is one of the peaks of his prestigious career. Um, just such an interesting movie, great twist, pure entertainment, with a great cultural commentary as well. Yep, many ways to interpret it. It's awesome. All right, Rick, I want to hear your number two. What is it? Okay, I moved Invasion of the Body Snatchers all the way up to number two. Rick, I applaud you for that. Mainly because I, like, it's really almost a perfect movie. If they left in, I think it is a perfect movie if they, like, left in the original kind of directors and, like, actors, like, the ending that they wanted. Obviously, the producers got in the way. This is so, this is such an early movie. So, yeah, I think it's, that has to be number two. I, uh, of course, we were talking about, I don't know, when did we start? The 60s or the 50s? The 50s. 1956, I believe, is when the movie came out. So, this is the 50s, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. There's a 70s. A lot of people, I haven't watched the 70s. Uh, the 70s is a lot of people's favorite version of that movie. It's a lot of people's favorite. Like, I've seen a lot of people that have that as their favorite movie. So I guess i got to watch the 70s now, see how it stacks up. Yeah, Rick, that might you might have a new favorite movie of all time after watching that. I know. I might. Park, it's time. Number one. Number one. Well, if you haven't guessed, because it's the one we haven't said yet, my number one is, of course, seven. It's in my top 25 films of all time a world-class murder mystery just absolutely adore the cast morgan freeman brad pitt gwyneth paltrow john doe is a phenomenal villain um 
And I, I have a strong background in my religion and faith, and so religious stories or themes always seem to intrigue me to another level. Um, and so to revolve around the seven deadly sins just really piques my interest um, and probably brought me in at a, to an even deeper level in this film that um, wouldn't necessarily resonate with as many people. But because of all that, um, Seven is my number one movie on Yahoo, this list Yahoo. and from this season. So thank you for recommending that, Rick. Uh, it was a joy to watch again. Absolute pleasure, Park. Rick, I'm ready. I want to hear your number one. Park, it's another Finchy classic. I went with Fight Club. Uh, similar reasons, this is easily my top, I'd probably go top 20. Um, I don't know how far that sneaks up. It might even get, sneak up to the top 10, but I'm going to be saving go top 20. I don't even know what my top 20 movies are, but that's in there. Um, and then, you know, just similar reason, uh, I'm absolutely just hate capitalism. I'm a socialist. No, that's not it. A communist, I guess. I don't even know. Um, I just, I don't know. I think it's such a great, it tells such a great story. I don't think, there's movies that are similar and do similar things to Fight Club. I think Fight Club is, does it so perfectly. I think if you try to recreate a lot of the, the similar either imagery or themes of Fight Club, you'll never do it justice. Um, again, David Fincher. I mean, David Fincher's both of number one park. Yeah, I know. He he nails it. He's a phenomenal director. I think we did pretty good, Park. It's been a great season. Rick, it has been. We obviously hit some phenomenal movies along the way and a couple of duds. Um, and by a couple, I specifically mean one. Uh, but nonetheless, I... Thoroughly enjoyed this season. I enjoyed having an excuse to watch some movies and talk about it. Like, how great is that? It's nice, like, watching it from a different lens. Yeah. I feel like, well, obviously you're way more of the, uh, I guess, movie professional in this, as you have a background there. So it's funny. I just watch these movies and try to nitpick at things that are really stupid. And honestly, I get a lot of enjoyment out of that. Yeah. Um, I, seven dropped all the way down to four for me. Just because there was no liquid in the cups, Park. <laughs> Those dang coffee cups. <laughs> That's the only reason. <laughs> the deadly sin, Rick. The deadly it's sin. The deadly sin. Well, Rick, this is it. We're about to sign off for the last time this season. Last time, Park. Park, I don't even know. Am I ever going to see you again? Is there going to be a second season? Rick, I have some exciting news. We have been renewed for a second season. So let's raise our glass to that. And yeah. a toast. Thanks, Peacock. To season two. Yes, Peacock. Thank you CNN so much. CNN Plus. Some plus, plus. Up. one of the pluses is gonna... one of the pluses. Discovery Plus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Rick, um, we'll have a new genre next season. Why don't you go ahead and give the honors? What is next season's genre going to be? Park, we are going to watch the romantic comedy. There it is, Rick. That is it. That is what our season two of Two Dudes One Movie podcast is going to be all about. So, if you're a fan of romantic comedies like Sleepless in Seattle or The Notebook, which isn't really a rom-com, but you know what I mean. But anything in that realm, if you're a fan of those, we'll be watching them next season. So follow along, listen along, watch along. We would love to have you take part in that and join us as we continue our journey through the decades. Also, if you're not a fan, we're just going to roast them. Too. So that's true. You can't miss season two Rick Rants. They're gonna be something else. They're gonna be something else. Love a good rom com park. I'm excited. I'm excited too, man. Well, I guess we should uh 
say goodbye. Call it a season now, Rick. Thank you to all of our listeners. Yes, thank you so much, everybody. This has been Two Dudes, One Movie Podcast. The podcast where two dudes dive into cinematic masterpieces from a different decade each week. From black and white classics to modern day blockbusters, we'll be covering it all. Next season, rom-coms, everybody. So stay tuned and look out for when season two drops in the near future. Until then, guys. Please never watch You Were Never Really There. Goodbye. Two Dudes, One Movie is an independently created podcast. Like, rate, follow, and subscribe wherever you listen. You can find the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube where we will post full video recordings of each episode. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Two Dudes, One Movie Podcast. Thanks for watching.